Right now, we're going to have a discussion that I think is important for all of us to get right uh, as much as we can. And yes, it does apply to you as community members in our country and in our province. We're going to be talking about resettling the thousands of refugees from Afghanistan. Already, more than 6,000 have uh, arrived in Canada over the past uh, five, six months. Uh, And our country has promised to resettle some 40,000 before all is said and done. So six times what we've done already. uh, And a lot of them, more than half of them, believe it or not, are under 18, expected to be children, essentially, which is an important consideration because you want to do this right. It benefits all of us. It benefits them. Um, You know, we're talking about human lives here and we're talking about society. So there are things we know about making sure this works out well. So to get some insight on what we should be working on, we're going to chat with Emily Pelly, who is an assistant professor of international development studies at Canadian Forces College. Uh, Emily, thank you for your time this morning. I appreciate you joining us. Hi, happy to be here. So, I mean, when we talk about resettling the refugees, we know it's a big job. We're talking about 40,000, but I think it's a really interesting aspect to the discussion when you say more than half of them are going to be under the age of 18. That really um, starts a whole new conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. We're talking about young people. We're talking about people really starting their lives again. And what does that mean for us as communities? We have these wonderful, beautiful people who are coming to join us. And what does that mean to support them as they're growing and developing? And they've come through some pretty tough circumstances, but now they're here in Canada. So what does that look like for our communities? What do we know about the special considerations that that does involve when you're talking about trying to um, bring that many, you know, under 18 to to the country? What do we know about resettling that many people of that age category? Well, well, one thing we have to consider is that resettlement is like those initial stages when young people, sorry, when anyone first comes to Canada. It's really just those initial uh, weeks and months. But this piece about integration, so how do we help these young people become part of our communities and part of life here in Canada as Canadians? So one of the things we talk about a lot is this does not all rest on newcomer services um, and specialized support for refugee young people. This really is asking the question, where are young people in general in our communities? They're in school, they're in our recreation programs, they're on the bus, they're accessing different services. So how can we get to all those spaces where they're already going and be ready for them. So what I mean by that is to kind of have some perspective of that they're coming from a pretty different circumstance. Not all refugees, of course, are coming from war. Sometimes people are displaced for all kinds of reasons, whether that be um, natural disaster or or anything, any type of persecution, and they find themselves having to leave home. Um, And so they're coming here with all those experiences and all that history. A lot of the times they're coming here without English, or a very little English, mm-hmm. and um, so and there are so many different cultural things that they need to navigate. So even just having that sensitivity of okay, this person ha- it has a different normal, and they're coming to Canada and they're trying to adapt and integrate. And young people do that so amazingly; they are incredibly resilient, um, and and they it's just a natural outflow, I think, of how powerful young people are. Yeah. But as community members, can we have a heart for that? Can we look at a newcomer? and say, okay, you're coming with a story that I don't know. I, maybe I can't understand you too well. Maybe you can't understand me too well. But if we can just take a moment to step back and, and try to understand and hear what the other person has to say, 
Uh, you know, and yeah. I think it, 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 when you when you mention that, when you talk about that, it just seems so obvious that that would be just a, a basic thing, like sitting down and sort of sharing that story, having that experience would increase the level of understanding in both ways um, for the people who you know are in Canada welcoming these new people to the country to get some understanding of how they ended up where they did. And also just right. the fact that these people feel like I've had a chance to share that story. It would help everyone involved. Oh my goodness! Imagine how good you know how good it feels when you are hurt, yeah. <laughs> and when you feel known. So to give that gift to somebody else, and that is really where integration has to come down to. And it's as simple as like I'm saying to my kids all the time: be nice, yeah. be kind, think about other people first. And um, yeah, and I think a lot of times there's just so much. Um, I don't know what the, what the word is than crap that <laughs> goes around our ideas of. Uh, oh, they're just coming and taking our jobs yes, and taking yeah. our money. I don't know how many times I've heard that, and, and it's, it's not true. And we need to un- we need to look for truth in that. We can't be fed lies. We need to understand that these people are coming. They're incredibly. A lot of them are trained, competent workers. They've had to flee really difficult circumstances, and now they are here, starting a new life. One of the things that I'll always remember about the young people I've worked with here in Halifax is they didn't want to be called refugee youth. They wanted, like, yeah, they were young people who had refugee experience, but they didn't want their whole life to be defined by this really difficult, whether it's a few years, few months of their life. Yeah. They wanted to start new. It's like, no, like, I'm 16. I want to have a job. I want, I want to be a doctor. Like, and to kind of let them, let them choose their identity. We don't need to put that on them. If that makes sense. Absolutely, it does. You mentioned resilience earlier, and uh, you know, in reading your piece, you have a really interesting concept of resilience like you said you know these kids are really resilient and i think when we think yeah. about resilience it's it's a person's ability to bounce back or whatever you want to call it but it's a person's ability sure. but you make the case that it's not just a person there's there's a framework there's a structure that creates resilience around a person right Absolutely. So, yeah, the resilience theory that I really, that really has resonated with me is that, yeah, young, we all have our own characteristics, things that make us who we are, but we don't exist in a vacuum. Right. We exist inside, whether it's family, community, friendships, faith communities, schools, all of those spaces influence who we are. And it's where we go for support. Each of us will go to different places. We may have close relationships. Like I mentioned, faith community, that might be where you go for support. So to see a young person in that way, so when we look at newcomer youth here in Halifax, for example, where do young people go for support? And so I can't answer that question. I need to talk to them. And in some of my work with them, they talk about just wanting to have um, opportunities to make friends outside of school. So they're trying to find spaces where they can hang out together. So So for me, as thinking about it as a service provider, how can I support their resilience? Well, I can start thinking about creating youth-friendly, free, safe spaces where they can come and have fun, play games, do homework, and just build those friendships. And in doing that, I'm actually helping them on their path of resilience, so helping them to just navigate a pretty difficult season in their life. And I think that can be true of anybody. It's not just true of newcomers. But this is what I've applied to, to the work that I've done, to look around in the environment of the, of the young people we have here and to say, okay, so not just the newcomer services, they're wonderful, but what about the more traditional youth organizations that don't really serve newcomers uh, alone? 
like how could they be more welcoming to newcomers so that they there's more opportunities for Canadian youth and newcomer youth to to create friendships and connections. Are we doing that? Yeah. I mean, is, is this happening? I mean, we've got tens of thousands of these people that are going to be arriving in our country, and, you know, we're all yeah. excited about welcoming them here. Are, are, are we doing the work that you're saying is so important? Is that happening? Are there organizations that are sort of overseeing this? So I believe that this is starting to happen. Um, there's always a tendency, I think, to just leave it to newcomer organizations and resettlement agencies to kind of handle this. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think that's changing. Uh, one of the things I did find in Halifax when I did my research in, uh, it was just a few years ago that I finished that in 2019, uh, there was still traditional, more traditional youth organizations that they didn't know how to talk to me. They didn't understand what I meant by, like, what? how are you reaching out to newcomers? And they're like, oh, well, I don't know what you mean. It's not that they would turn away newcomers, because it's more that they don't understand that there's just some some extra awareness, cultural awareness, um, ideas of what integration means for newcomers, things that they need to think through. Like, first of all, if you don't have any of your advertisements in another language, yeah. if everything's in English, uh, and you don't have any translation support within your organization or you can't call on somebody to help you out with that, that's a huge barrier for getting newcomer youth involved. So there's really some practical steps that organizations can take. It's really just starting the conversation. And a lot, I know here in Halifax, uh, in Nova Scotia, I should say, um, ISANS is the resettlement organization, and they uh, offer support to whether it's businesses, community organizations, to say, hey, if you want to be more welcoming to newcomers, let us help you. We can give you some, like, workshops and training. And I know that's happening across the country. So I would encourage people to reach reach out to those types of organizations and ask. Well, that is encouraging to hear, Emily. Thank you so much. Great discussion this morning. Really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. That's Emily Pelly, who is an assistant professor, international development studies at Canadian Forces College.